0: I'm going to pray and we're just going to jump right into it so we can just uh, make the most of our time together this morning. Oh, God, um, we just recognise you as King this morning, Lord. We just recognise you as King. And Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this space to dwell with us this morning. God, I just pray that the words that I speak this morning are yours and yours alone, God that they would challenge us, that they would grow us and ultimately that they would draw us closer to you and to your heart, Lord. Yes, God. We just thank you for your presence with us this morning. Amen. All right, so two weeks ago now, as a church, we spent the morning corporately praying into the year of 2024. Who was here for that? A few of you-ish. Um, and I had been asked to pray into the space of families, kids, and blessing. And it was really apt because for the last couple of months prior to that, in the lo- those last months at the end of 2023, and even up until now, I have been journeying with God about those very things. Now, for context sake, my husband, Mark, who was leading worship up here this morning, I'm not biased when I say it was amazing. Um, it really was. Um, we, we had sold our house back in May of last year. So May 2023 last year we sold our house with the heart of wanting to pursue an upgrade for our family. We wanted to find something that would fit our growing family better. We have four beautiful young girls and we were, need, we were in need of some more space. I also, for our family, just wanted to gain some more financial freedom. I am, my love language is gifts. Okay, My love language is gifts. Okay, and the current financial climate has not been helpful. And so I wanted, to have, I wanted to have more financial freedom so I could be more generous. Now, at that time, my parents, uh, they had just set off on a planned, a planned round Australia trip in their caravan for up to 18 months to two years. My dad, he had just retired, and my parents, they had been dreaming into this trip for years, for years. So the timing was super perfect. We would sell a house. We would move into their little three by two whilst they were gone. Now, keep in mind, when we sold our house in May, everything that everyone was saying to us, everything we had read was indicating that we were selling our house at the peak of the market. Right, And everything we read was telling us if we were just to wait out maybe six months or so, that we would start to see the cost of houses drop under the weight of continual interest rate rises, under the weight of inflation, all of those things. Now, if you're not following the market, let me tell you this has not happened in Perth. Okay? Perth has somehow defied... All the expert and data predictions. The market is super hot at the moment. So if you want to sell, now's the time. Okay, so here my family is. We have sold our home. We have moved into my mum and dad's place. We are just patiently waiting for the market to come down. Okay, I also want to know, in this time, we are still pursuing other houses. We are still putting offers in on other places. And the market... It ain't going down, it's only going up and due to some health concerns and my brother deciding to throw a surprise wedding, um, my mum and dad, who were meant to be caravanning around Australia for 18 months, two years, decided to come home after five months and decided to stay home, okay? So here we are, my parents are back. It's beautiful. We're living in their home. Okay? And uh, it's not ideal. We've been struggling to secure a new house for ourselves. I think at this point, we had put in over 20 offers on different properties. Okay? But the housing market was continuing to skyrocket to the point of us almost being priced out of the market. I'm operating in overwhelm. I am overwhelmed, I am fearful, I am anxious. These are all the big emotions that I'm feeling and they are competing to take top priority in my mind and in my heart. Safe to say that was not a part of my plan. So in my quiet place with the Lord, I am questioning him, right? I am questioning him. I'm saying, why aren't I seeing your blessing for my family at work itself in my life right now? Why aren't I seeing your fruit in this situation, God? How are you moving in the midst of this? Where are you? Where are you, God? And it was in that place of deep wrestling with the Lord that I was actually finally able to release everything to him. And when I was able to release everything to him, it was then that he was able to meet me exactly where I was at. And in his kindness, he just gently began to minister To my heart, and he began speaking to me really about. um, He was painting this picture actually to me about his desire and his heart for my family for the year ahead. And that the more the picture took shape, the more I felt God saying to me, This is not just my heart's desire for your family, but this is my heart's desire for the families in your church and in your city. See, God was making it known to me in that moment that He wanted to be releasing more of His blessing in my life. He wanted my household, my children, my family to be experiencing the fullness of His blessing. But not just that, He was wanting to outwork His blessing to its fullest in the lives of you, in the lives of these families, in this room right now, but also outside these four walls, He was wanting... His blessing to grow on a far larger scale in the lives of the families in our city. See, Father God, He desires to bless you. That should come as no surprise. His very nature is that of a giver. It's His pleasure to delight and bless you, His children, abundantly. If you are a parent in the room, if you are a grandparent in the room, You would understand that, right? Just that desire to bless your children. I know for myself, there's something just so innate about wanting the very best for my kids. I don't want just enough for my kids. I want more than enough for my children. I want to see my kids walking in over-the-top abundance. So it makes sense that Papa God wants to see us, His children, walking in that too. So why then, if God wants to outwork his blessing to the fullest in our lives, are we not always experiencing it? Why are we not always seeing the fruit of his blessing? But more importantly, I think we need to be asking the question of ourselves, what is preventing the flow of God's blessing being outworked in our lives? If he's wanting to outwork it, what's preventing, what's preventing that from taking place? What's preventing that from taking place? Thankfully, God is a kind and loving God. And he makes that answer known to us in Scripture. Because from the beginning to the end, in the Bible, we see God releasing his blessing, right? He releases his blessing over his people. He releases his blessing over his city. He releases his blessing Over nations, and you'll find when you read about the Lord's blessing, you'll find that obedience in Him is actually a critical principle in seeing the door fully open to receive His blessing. Blessing and obedience work in tandem in the kingdom. It's in our submission to follow God's simple request that's where we see without fail his greatest blessings come. Now, if we want to abide in God's blessing and if we want to experience the fullness of his blessing outworked in our life, then we need to be willing to live a life fully surrendered in obedience to him. Let me tell you this morning, we do ourselves a great disservice when we don't prioritise him. When we don't follow his commands, when we don't make space for God to move as he wills. Blessing abides in obedience. Blessing abides in obedience. Abide literally means to dwell in, to remain in, to be, to be held, to be kept we get to remain in and be immersed in God's blessing when we prioritise Jesus and the living lives first and foremost yielded to him. Yes. Good. If we were to remove that principle of obedience, what would happen to the blessing? What would happen to the blessing? Let's take a look. Adam and Eve, very beginning, right? The book of Genesis. They are living in the garden, everything was provided for them. They had not just had everything they needed, but everything they wanted in abundance. They were experiencing the blessing of the Lord to its fullest. They were walking side by side with Him daily. But what happened? They disobeyed the command of the Lord. They ate from the fruit of the tree that they shouldn't have. And subsequently, the door to God's blessing begins to shut, doesn't it? They're forced out of the garden. They are cursed to work hard to produce food from the land. Women, we would now experience extremely painful childbirth. Cheers, Adam and Eve. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Had Noah not been obedient to the ways of the Lord and his re- in his request of building an ark, would he and his family have gotten to experience God's blessing to the fullest? Would he have been spared from God's wrath and saved from the flood? I can just picture Noah right now. It's like the peak of summer and God's like, "Build this giant ark." And everyone's like, you're a fool. It is like the peak of summer, 40 degrees. What are you doing? It seems almost weird to be obedient to God asking him to do that because the request almost seems so outlandish. But do you know what was even more outlandish? The blessing. When he was obedient in doing that, the blessing that he and not just himself, but his family got to walk in. Had, no, had Moses... sorry not obeyed what God had instructed him to do would the Israelites have got to experience the fullness of God's blessing and been led out of captivity in Egypt the way that they had been now we we don't live under the law of Moses anymore i understand that the old covenant it was nailed to the cross with jesus and we live under the new covenant of grace but that doesn't excuse us from the commission Jesus has given us. Even in the New Testament, we are called to obedience in Christ. Jesus himself says in Luke eleven twenty-eight, 28, blessed are those who hear the word of God and what? Obey it. obey it. That's right. John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Grace doesn't negate the fact that we have a kingdom assignment to walk in holiness, to follow the commands of the Lord, to make disciples, to bring heaven to earth, to live a sustained life of godliness. Now, let me be very clear. Salvation comes through faith alone. Scripture is very, very clear about that. But blessing abides in our obedience to him. Now, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'm just going to read um, verses 1 to 11 from Luke chapter 5. This is uh, Jesus' is, uh, going out to call his first disciples. And it says this from verse 1. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, this is Peter, you'll later know him as Peter, um, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. and followed him Peter he is a seasoned fisherman he has worked hard the entire night for a catch but has returned it empty-handed he's returned empty-handed now Jesus he enters the scene he is no fisherman that is not Jesus's skill set albeit he is a fisher of Men, But he is no fisherman. And Jesus comes and he asks Peter to go fishing again, to let his nets back down. And what's Jesus' response? He says, Because you say so, I will let down the net. Peter's reply to Jesus examples to us what it means to live a life in submission to the Lord. And notice what happened as a result of Peter's obedience. Jesus demonstrated his power and his sovereignty. Peter and his partners may not have started the day off thinking their efforts, you know, they had, sorry. Peter and his partners had started the day off thinking that their efforts had yielded nothing. Nothing, but they ended the day in complete amazement because they had pulled in not one, But two boatloads overflowing with fish. See, often God's greatest blessings come as a result of our willingness to step out in faith to his call. Suppose Peter had said, Hey, sorry, I'm actually really busy cleaning my nets right now. Maybe you should ask the people in the boat next to me. Or what if he'd been like, Actually, I've already gone fishing today, it was not successful. I'm not really keen to go back out and do that again. It just seems like a waste of my time. If Jesus had said anything other than yes to Jesus, he would have missed out on the greatest fishing experience of his life. But because of Peter's obedience, the Lord blessed him In such a miraculous way, I am sure Peter never forgot it. I'm sure that moment played a key in his testimony, played a key and integral part in his testimony and walk with the Lord. Let me tell you something. You are never, not once, going to regret stepping out in obedience to God. You are never going to regret it. It has me thinking of that saying, you know, you miss 100% you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. The only regret you'll ever have The only regret you'll ever have is not listening to his still small voice. I just want you to think about it for a minute. How much breakthrough have you seen in your life, in the life of those around you, in the life of this church, in the space of healing, in the space of deliverance, in any area really where you've felt stuckness, right? When that person or as a church, we corporately repented and came out of agreement with the things that we placed ahead of walking in obedience to Jesus. How many of your testimonies, of our church's testimonies, of my testimonies, are rooted in blessings we have received because of our obedience in prioritising Jesus' will in our lives? I would hedge a guess that every single one of them is rooted in your obedience in walking side by side with the Lord. Obedience always leads to blessing, and God reinforces that principle through Jesus, through his life, and through his sacrifice for us. See, Jesus' victory at the cross required him to live a blameless life, surrendered to obedience, surrendered to obedience and to the will of the Father. In order for Jesus to make salvation, Accessible and available to us, he lived a life completely yielded to the will of the Father. He was blameless in every way and deserving of the fullness of God's blessing because of his righteousness. And yet, Jesus willingly sacrificed himself, taking the punishment of death intended for us because of our disobedience. And in doing so, he actually brought us the ultimate blessing. He brought us righteousness through faith. He opened the door for us to enter back into covenant with the Father. He brought us the gift of eternal life. Hebrews 5, 9 to 10 says this, Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation To all who obey him, we are called to live this life surrendered to God first and foremost, a life committed to following his lead. There's a reason, a very good reason, that the first commandment that God gives us in the book of Exodus is to have no other God before him. And there's a reason in Jesus' ministry that he affirms this when he declares that the greatest commandment is this to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. For us to prosper in blessing, we need to pick up our cross and follow Jesus daily. We need to step out in obedience to his calling, just as Jesus' example to us in his life and in his ministry. Our ability to receive rests solely in our willingness to cost ourselves and put Jesus first. And then in saying that, is it even a cost? Because the reward is far greater. When Jesus isn't seated in the place of highest priority in our lives, we impede the flow of God's blessing. That can be a really hard truth to wrap your head and heart around, can't it? I know for myself and in my walk with God, he just really just ever so gently revealed to me that the reason, Sam, you aren't seeing the fullness of my blessing at work in your housing situation is that you've gone and approached it from your own strength. You've demoted me from head of my seat in your life You've chosen to prioritise fear of man and self over me. You've even put your desire to want what's best for your children above me. And in doing so, you've stepped away from my blessing and instead you've partnered with fear and anxiety. The blessing of grace is this. When we repent of our sinful tendency to prioritise ourselves our own desires, our own comforts, our own preferences over Jesus and seeing him glorified in our lives, we end up actually coming out of agreement with any lies of the enemy we've partnered with when we fail to prioritise him and we're welcomed back under the covering of the Father. Often any interruptions in the flow of God's blessing in our lives is due to temptations or lies of the enemy that we have partnered with and come into agreement with when we've failed to prioritise Jesus. For me, it was the fear, it was the overwhelm, it was the anxiety in my housing journey. It's that bad fruit that takes up residence in our lives when we neglect to put Jesus first. It's the idol's. It it is anything, absolutely anything, you have put in a place of importance above the Lord, whether good or bad. It could be temptations, absolutely, but it could be your spouse. It could be the relationship you have with your kids. It could be your ambition. It could be your hobbies. Only when we prioritise Jesus and are willing to live life fully surrendered in obedience to him, do we completely completely open that door to his blessing. And it's only then that we get to see the fruit of his kingdom outwork in our lives in a far greater measure. So I just want to encourage you this morning and challenge you this morning. If you are wanting to step into a greater measure of God's blessing for your life, You need to lay your priorities and your desires before Him and you need to let Him reshuffle them. You need to let God reorder them so that each area of your life better reflects His will and His heart for the kingdom. Allow God to clear out the clutter and make way for Jesus. We sung it this morning. Jesus is the only one that matters. Jesus is the only one that matters. If you're able, I would love uh, for you to stand with me this morning. While I close in prayer. God, you are supremely worthy. You are so worthy, God, and we just desire for you to be glorified in us and through us. So God, we just ask for your help in clearing out the clutter in our lives to make room for you, to make room for Jesus, the only one that truly matters. We make space for you so that you can have your rightful place as head of our lives. God, I just pray that you help us discern and prioritise those things which are important to you. Lord, I just pray that you help us to walk in obedience to your will each and every day of our lives. God, we want more of your blessing We want more of your blessing for ourselves. We want more of your blessing for our families. We want more of your blessing for the families in this church, God. We want more of your blessings for our neighbours beside us. We want more of your blessing outworked in the families in this city, God. We want more of that. We want more of that, God. We want more of you, God. We just repent of every moment and everything we put before you. We just lay that at your feet right now, God, and we say, we're sorry. We messed up. We messed up, God. We just invite you back in to take your rightful place as head in our lives, as head of our family, God. We wanna submit to your will, God. We wanna see your kingdom come in greater measure, God. And so we put our hand out, God, and we say we just wanna partner with you. We wanna re-enter back into partnership with you, God. Thank you for the ways that you outwork your blessing in our lives, God, whether we see it, and whether we don't. We know that you are King, that you are Supreme, that you reign over all things, God. We thank you that you go before us and that you come behind us, that you walk beside us. I just pray that you give us the courage to step out every day, in obedience to you. We love you, God. We love you, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.